I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Just one day looked at my Google Analytics, mm-hmm. looked at the engagement mm-hmm. and thought, wow, people really love this site. I've what got, happened? I know, suddenly. <laughs> Mum, is that you? <laughs> Who are these thousands of people that are coming onto this website? So that's when I was like, wow, like this could be a global business that could really challenge some of the bigger events companies out there. I thought, right, I'm going to pack up my bags and I'm going to quit my job, work on this full time and I'm moving to Silicon Valley. You're listening to Women Tech Charge from the Evening Standard with me, Anne-Marie Maffedon. What happens when you really need a good night out but haven't got a clue where to go? Can technology ensure that you have a great time at the right party? In this episode, I'm talking to a woman who's answered both of those questions and she's also made technology history in the process. Dancing shoes on, let's go. I'm sat here 14 stops along the central line from home in East London, opposite a woman who is matching urban partygoers with tickets to the sickest parties for the best nights out. Her company, Shubs.com, is ensuring that event planners create the best possible experience for people wanting a bit of grime, hip-hop or funky on a night out. Say hi to Louise Brony mensah CEO and founder of Shubs.com. Hello. <laughs> hi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's lovely to meet you finally. Yes. Well, in real life. I know. I gave a little bit of an intro there, but mm-hmm. that's not the official elevator pitch. What is the official elevator pitch for Shubs.com? Yeah, so Shubs is the ultimate destination for discovering, booking urban events of all sizes any day of the week. And we also connect you to really great, compelling urban content as well. And Shubs, yes. as a word, spelled S-H-O-O-B-S. That's correct. What does that mean? For those that have never been to Shubs before, I've not been had the opportunity to turn up. 
What does it mean? So Shubs is literally perfect for what the business does because Shubs is slang for party. So, <laughs> you know, particularly in London, like, you know, when I was kind of going out, we would say to our friends, right, we're going to a Shubs. And that could mean a house party or a club night, you know, a good rave. You know, if someone says you're going to a Shubs, you know, it's going to be a good night. Really? And that's the kind of feeling yeah. I wanted people to feel with my site. So Shubs.com means you're going to go to an event with like-minded people, great music. It's going to be your scene. What were some of the names that you threw away? So you know what was funny? So, so I came up with the idea mm-hmm. and I was just kind of talking to a group of friends. We're like, you know, what should we call it? And then the first thing we all came up with was Shubs. Like, let's call it Shubs. <laughs> but then for some reason, we discarded it. We were like, oh, you know, we, we can't really call it Shubs.com, can we? Like, yeah, let, let's be more serious. <laughs> let's think of something that is not... That translates. Yeah, that, that everyone would understand that mm-hmm. perhaps isn't slang. So, I mean, we we came up with some awful other names. Shit you know, me. just like things like, you know, I can't remember them all, but okay. I know they were all along the lines of like Event R Us or Ticket okay. R Us or something like that. And in the end, we thought, you know what? We want to stand out mm. and also we're not as bland as those other ticketing and event site mm. you know this is about like representing the community okay. essentially and in the urban community like one thing as we were discussing as to why this was important is because we felt like urban events were like basically kind of been ignored by okay. the mainstream listing sites and so we thought you know if, if we're going to do this and so we've got to be loud and proud we've got to give it a name that really resonates with the audience so you know no matter what happens with the Brand. Everyone would know it has urban roots. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You know, a name that says says who you are and where you've come from, and is actually quite true to what you're doing, rather absolutely. than trying to kind of non-urbanize it or yeah, it. absolutely. And it's not just about the ticketing. No, absolutely not. And that was a key thing mm. for us mm. because we realised, you know what? People don't need another ticketing site. Right. There's so many ticketing sites. What the event organisers need is firstly a promotional powerhouse. Okay. That how they're actually going to promote their events to the right audience to make sure this event is full, it's popping, it's amazing. It's not just about selling tickets if yep. no one knows about your event. Mm-hmm. And for the shipsters or event goers, you know, they need a place not just to buy tickets, but actually discover events that actually matches their taste. And all the other sites out there were just facilitating the transactional aspect of going out. So in most cases, you already know that Jay-Z or whoever's in town Mm -hmm. and you go to, you know, that ticketing site to buy a ticket. But what about if you're just, you know, in London, you want to go to a hip hop party, like where do you go? And and before Shubs, there wasn't really a simple condensed like like source for finding that information. You have to be an event already and then get a fly outside. Exactly, exactly. What's your user engagement like? How what's the scale of Shubs? Yeah, so so Shub started off in London okay. in the UK. When? Um, so so officially, I had the first version of it probably about seven years ago. Okay, but I would say it was much more of a kind of a side project while I was sort of working at the time. And then you know what was great is I just one day looked at my Google Analytics, mm-hmm. looked at the engagement, mm-hmm. and thought, wow, people really love this site. I've <laughs> what got, happened? I know suddenly, <laughs> Mum, is that you? <laughs> Who are these thousands of people that are coming onto this website? And your friends and your WhatsApp group of friends. I don't have that many friends, so I knew it was bigger than my network. So that's when I was like, wow, like there's something really great about this. This could be more than just a lifestyle business. Like this could be a global business that could really challenge some of the bigger events companies out there. (laughs) 
So your job was? So um, professionally, mm-hmm. I started off working at uh, investment, investment banking. Okay. So I worked for UBS Investment Bank right. for a number of years. Okay. Um, and then I worked for some other financial houses as well. What, and what, how do you, how does UBS turn into ships? How does, how does ships come up as like a side hustle alongside that? Yeah. Because so- it won't have been something you noticed at work. No, absolutely I'm not. Assuming. No. So, you know, so that's interesting in that a lot of people, a lot of young people, especially sort of ask me, you know, like, oh, you know, h- how do I get started? Like, I haven't even got an idea. Mm. And I say to them, you know, really dig deep into what your true passions are, mm-hmm. because you then find an idea from that. Like, because through your passions, you'll be able to see a problem that sort of frustrates you enough that you want to solve it. Yep. And that's exactly what happened with Shubs. Okay. So, yes, in my day to day, I was in banking, but I had a passion for music and events, you know. I am the go-to girl when everyone's like, where should we go out? Mm -hmm. You know, I loved always investigating, finding out about great events. But to be honest, it was always a lot of hard work, right? But I would be determined to make sure that my friends had a great time. (laughs) Um, I also, because I love music, love going to gigs. So I I would come across so many amazing artists. And I actually started managing one of those artists in my spare time while I was in bank. Didn't give you enough work to do at the bank. I know, exactly not. Exactly. (laughs) I know, I know. Somehow I managed to do that. At the same time. Um, But it was through my experience of managing that artist that I realised, you know what, there's a gap in the market for a a site where you could discover artists like mine. So he was a hip hop artist, discover his events, buy tickets to his events and not just live music, but for club nights. Because I also found it difficult when I was when I was trying to get my friends together to an event. So this just sort of played on my mind, you know, through some, you know, some lunch times at work. And if I was a bit bored at work. And it just kind of played in my mind for a while. And I thought, someone should do this. Someone Mm. should do this. Mm. And the more I kind of went out and had the kind of frustration of having to spend hours trying to find a great event or people find it difficult to find my artists, you know, next gig. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to just do it. I'm going to actually, you know, do this. And so I, yeah, started to build the site as I was working full time. And you knew how to build a website from... So I did not know how to build a website. Um, But you know what? The the great thing, I look back and I kind of realised how fearless (laughs) I am at times. (laughs) Because I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just do this. Uh, How hard can this be? Mm -hmm. So I started to kind of look into how I can basically put together basic briefs um, for a developer, like wireframes, things like that. So I started to just read around that essentially. And I taught myself like how to prepare the right briefs, how to do good sketches, wireframes. And was that like a course or where did you you pick something like that? So first of all, I looked at online materials and then um, I'm from the borough of Enfield over in North London. And they have a- Shout out to all the Enfield crew. Shout out to all the Enfield crew. Um, And they have a fantastic resource for- um, um, entrepreneurs. It's called the Enterprise Center. Oh, okay. So I essentially went there, and they basically organised various sessions um, for, and, and they were focused on women entrepreneurs at the time, right. which was great. Mm. So I actually had a session with someone, like one on one, who kind of went through how to prepare wireframes, and there were a number of other sessions, like how to prepare a business plan, right. c- accounting, sales, marketing. It okay. was a phenomenal program, mm. um, and I and I, I did that essentially in my spare time and on the okay. weekend. I would go down to the enterprise center. Um, and then from those wireframes, I then um, outsourced it to a development agency to okay. actually build the first version of Shubs, which is different to what you see now. But that's how I got started. And what's the difference? 
I'm going to ask now. What is the difference between yeah, so the, so the, the, the key difference um, is, I guess, you know, as they say, it was an MVP, right? So yeah. a minimal viable product. So I had limited funds. I wanted to get something out quickly, mainly because I thought that this would be good. I didn't realize how big the business could be then. So mm-hmm. it was very basic, I would say. Um, so the key difference now is we've learned from our users to essentially add features which make the whole process a lot easier for them. Okay. So, um, so it's been an ev- evolution almost rather than like a complete switch from... Yeah, you know, you're doing one thing. Oh no, yeah, ab- 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 absolutely. It's just an iteration. Okay. And yep. you know, I've I've heard someone like sort of famously say like, if you're not embarrassed by your first version, mm-hmm. then you've launched it too late, okay. right? And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you have an idea, don't spend too long on perfecting it. <laughs> lean into the embarrassment. Lean into the fear. Get, get it yeah, out because yeah. you know what's so great? Your customers <laughs> will help you refine it. Okay. And so it's the courses. It's the building the MVP, mm-hmm. the minimum viable product. It's releasing it. How did how does that how did that work after you've kind of given this developer all this money and they've made something that's live at shibs.com? Then what? So you release it, and essentially what I did is, you know, again, at the beginning, you're probably going to do things that don't scale. And okay. what I mean by that is, you know, handing out flyers yourself at the beginning mm. or calling people cold calling all those things so you were handing out flyers for ships i know i know it's opposite to what i was trying to resolve <laughs> that's what i know but at the beginning you do things that don't scale right okay. you just got to get the word out <laughs> yeah. as much as possible okay so i would I, i'd be that person who's standing outside the clubs <laughs> you know instead of handing you instead a f- of being inside the club i know yeah. instead of handing you a flyer about another event yeah. i'm handing you the flyer to find all events uh, so I start, literally, I was doing that myself. Okay. I, I was the girl at 2 a.m. handing <laughs> out these flyers, right? Clearly, I don't do that anymore. But no. as I said, you do that. You do whatever it takes. It's called the hustling phase. Okay. The hustling phase, the things that you would do that don't do not scale mm. and are probably very manual mm-hmm. is how you really kind of get the business going okay. at the beginning it's like revving up the engine yeah almost, absolutely like, yeah. Okay, cool. so i did that yeah i did a lot of kind of cold calling um but i also asked for contact so i said you know when i got somebody i said could you refer me to somebody else so i mean day one wasn't that exciting day one we started with five events and this was day one while you were still work- working elsewhere yes yeah, so okay and and who's we Oh, or is it the royal week? Yes, it's the it's royal the week. Because it always sounds so week. much better than I, I, I. <laughs> the team. Yes. No, <laughs> me, it, myself and I. <laughs> that was the team. That was the team. She, she and her, we're all stood on the street at the same time, bringing up the 2am. Me and the team. Absolutely. <laughs> He's in the loop. <laughs> okay. Right. Sorry. So you started with the team and you had five events. And where had you got those? So those were just people that you knew that were running or events you'd been to. So, so those five events, you know, again, I was quite fortunate with those five event organizers that I got on board because I, so the first thing I did was I just reached out to my own network and mm-hmm. I was like, who do you know? Mm-hmm. And then one person introduced me to like a key prom- event organizer. Okay. I contacted him. He loved the idea. He mm-hmm. was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking that someone should do this. Perfect. So he contacted me to one other mm-hmm. and then it kind of went from there. Okay. So once I, I just said to myself, I want five and then I turn it on. Okay, right. You know, because yep. I didn't, again, I realised that I want to get it going. I can't wait for 50. Mm. Just start with five. Mm. And then that would also, because I know that those events will suddenly start to disappear, mm. that would give me, you know, the, the sort of motivation that I needed to quickly go out there and continue to knock on those doors and get more organisers on board. Okay. 
So you got the five on board, people started buying tickets? Yeah, so yeah. the fantastic thing is on day one, we made 32 pounds. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't quit your job after that. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? I, but you know what? That seems like a good amount of money. I was so happy because I was like, wow, it works. Yeah. People are buying tickets. Yeah. This is very exciting. And, and that 32 quid was 10% because I've read somewhere that you take 10% of the yeah, so actually, sales. So actually it was 320. Yeah. So it was 32 pounds yeah. of our own money. Amazing. I know, right? I could buy... Jeez. Yeah. Maybe. maybe Nando's meal. Yeah. Maybe Nando's meal for me and my boyfriend or something like that. Yeah. So that's five events on board in 2011, but you're still in the cushy job at the bank. Yes. Earning the money during the day and then helping people rave it up at night. Uh-huh, as you do. At what moment or what had happened by the time you got to 2013 and you were like, actually, side hustle is going to become main hustle? Yeah, so um, I I also in between that time as well, I did leave the bank as well. And then I started doing some other like freelance project management type work um, while I was still trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do. I knew I had finished. I didn't want to do banking, but I wasn't sure if there was enough in the business for this to be my full time job as such, essentially. Right. And so, you know, to be honest, I would spend maybe two hours a week on the business and that would mainly do I would be doing key admin tasks um, sending out a newsletter so I was very diligent with that and I was always sent out a newsletter and I was getting customers to sign up to the newsletter as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and then I just one day kind of looked at our sort of numbers and you know we had um, 26,000 registered users and wow. I just thought I always remember it was 26,000, so it was 25. But I, <laughs> I just was like, as I said, where do these people come from? Because yeah. I was spending a couple of hours a week on this. Yeah. Um, were you still you weren't still flyering or you were still flyering? So as well? I was I, I wasn't flyering as no, much. Okay. No, yeah. I was mainly yeah. doing the newsletter. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know it was just fantastic to kind of sort of see. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, like maybe I should start taking this seriously. Okay. That this could be actually bigger than I thought. Mm. Yeah, and so <laughs> and so from that, I started to think, well, okay, well, how big could this get? Like, right. you know, what do people do when they have traction, as they yeah. call it, right? <laughs> so I started to read around um, other sort of tech entrepreneurs, and I was really gravitated to first-time entrepreneurs, especially, mm-hmm. and you know, whether that be women or whether that be younger younger people as well, people that basically I felt I identified with okay. to kind of think, well, how did they do it? Like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. If you haven't got, um, you know, 20 years experience in business yeah. or private equity backing, how does one actually do this? Mm. And so during that time, I came across companies like Airbnb mm-hmm. and Rap Genius as well, oh, yeah. which is a ph- yeah, yeah. phenomenal lyric site. Yeah. And also Dropbox. So Dropbox, okay. um, you know, I was using Dropbox at the time and I was so surprised to learn that it was started by a first time entrepreneur who I think had dropped out of uni and he was in his 20s. Mm. And all three of those companies all had raised uh, venture capital money from mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. Okay. And they'd all gone through this program called Y Combinator. Right. So I was like, well, what's this Y Combinator? Mm. And what is Silicon Valley all about? <laughs> How can I get there? I know, right? <laughs> 
I just suddenly thought to myself, well, you know, if I was an aspiring actress, I would go to Hollywood, right? Okay. To make it big. Like Hollywood is a mecca for, you know, uh, for, 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 for... Or Nollywood uh, or Bollywood, uh, well, whichever yeah, one. Depending. Whatever place yeah, about, yeah, absolutely. But something ends with wood, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I would be there. I'd be amongst the action. Right. So I was like, right, well, you know, things are going okay in London, but I thought I need to go over Silicon Valley. I and see. just to get a little taste as to what is happening there. Because clearly something is in There's the soil in there. The water, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> people plant a seed and it seems to grow into this billion dollar company. And they're started by, as I said, first time entrepreneurs, relatively young. Mm. That was me. And so literally, you know, with with months of kind of after investigating, I thought, right, I'm going to pack up my bags and I'm going to quit my job, work on this full time and I'm moving to Silicon Valley. Okay, that's a that's a big, a big leap. But did it feel like a leap of faith? You know what? Or was it? Did it feel like a is it? Uh, calculated risk. Did it feel calculated or uncalculated doing that? So it felt it felt calculated in well it, it was a leap of faith, mm. essentially. But um, I would also talk around some of the things that I did to make sure that I kind of removed some risks. Okay. So the first thing I decided was I'm moving to Silicon Valley. So I told everybody, right, I'm, I'm moving to Silicon Valley in January. I'm moving to Silicon Valley in January. <laughs> so this will be January 2014. Okay. So I was saying this all throughout 2013. No plan, you know, n- nowhere to really stay oh, and stuff. And Rent prices are really high. I know, yeah. right? And also... And America's like tough to get into in general, just anyway yeah absolutely Gosh. and and you know the thing is as well when you're you know as, as a foreigner they're going over there without a, a credit history mm. you've got to pay your your rent up front yeah, <laughs> for gosh. the next six months or a year yeah. right but I sort of said this this in faith because I also that's also a really strong belief of mine as well that mm. if you want something like just hold on to that vision of what you want yeah. and if everything will come into alignment okay. for you to actually make you know it make it happen yeah. so I just sort of said I'm going to go to Silicon Valley. And then, as I mentioned earlier, all the three companies I mentioned, Airbnb, Rap Genius, and Dropbox, mm-hmm. have all gone through Y Combinator, which yeah. is an accelerator program in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Very, very competitive. Only 1% of all the applicants get in. Okay. And I also realized that on their website, they said, we don't really accept solo, non-technical founders. Now, I'm not technical. And, and I was a solo, solo founder yeah. because remember, it was me, myself and I. <laughs> yes, we, the yes. entrepreneurial we. Exactly. <laughs> so at first I was like, oh no, I can't apply. What else can I do? So I started to look at like other ways of getting there. And then for some reason, I kept being drawn back to this Y Combinator. And I thought, you know what? I need to just apply. Okay. Because, you know, what's the worst I can do? Say no. Mm. Like I can just apply and tell them I'm amazing. Mm. Yes, I'm one person, mm. but what I lack I count for three. Exactly, exactly. Me, myself and I. Exactly, you with me now. So I just applied. I just thought, right, I'm going to give it to my all. I'm going to apply. You know, I even remember making my, we had to do a one minute video as well. Okay. I made a little joke at the beginning of my video to like make a joke of the fact that I was just one person, so don't turn off, you know, and stuff. And I just thought, you know, surely my personality or something like that will at least least get them to watch the video. (laughs) So I did my one minute application video and I also completed their full um, online application, which was very, very uh, tough, to be honest. And I I remember I, I sent the application four minutes to the deadline. Um, so it was wow, a, yeah. really, mm-hmm. really, Louise. Yeah, four yeah. minutes to the deadline. Four minutes to the deadline. You bet your whole life you're going to move across the pond and you give yourself four minutes. As you do, you know, uh, for some whatever reason. Better l- almost late than never, yeah, I guess. Yeah, better late than never. Absolutely. 
So I applied. The great thing about Y Combinator is they're very quick. So, well, about two weeks later, mm-hmm. I got an email to say that your application looks promising. Oh. So you've been shortlisted. Okay. We'll pay for your flights Ooh. and we'll give you some money for accommodation. I mean, did, how amazing. Did this line up with when you were going to move? Yes. Oh, so wow. I, remember, I said to everyone, I was moving in 2014. Yeah. This is now November 2013. Gosh, just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. That should be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> it's a shubs in the nick of time. Yes. Gosh. And um, so it was phenomenal. So it was early November. Um, they told me I'd been shortlisted. So 10% get shortlisted. So I was like, okay, Ooh. well, you know, this is this is now good because yeah. they're happy with the fact that I'm a solo non-technical mm, founder. They past that. So they've looked past that mm. and I'm just going to go and just give my best. Yeah. And I'd never been to San Francisco before. Mm-hmm. I'd never been to Silicon Valley before. So it's all very new. Um, I stayed with someone in Air, for, through Airbnb. I've yeah. never done that before. Um, the actual interview is 10 minutes and it is literally 10 minutes. They have a timer oh, and wow. you've got 10 okay. minutes to sell yourself as you know as quickly and as much detail as you can right. and it wasn't really a pitch it was Q&A and it was question after question I mean mm. people ask me today what did they ask you and it was all a blur okay. like I just before I knew it was over yeah. I was like <laughs> have I done enough um and then they call you that same day oh. and they basically tell you if they don't, if they call you by 5 p.m., yeah. then you're in. Okay. If they don't call you, then expect an email. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, I need to have this course. Obviously, charge my phone <laughs> fully. <laughs> you know? And you know what? In some way, it felt like, you know, like on um, like judges' houses or oh, something like Factor. that. On X Factor. It was definitely so nerve wracking. So I literally sat there looking my interview on your was, own as well because everyone else would have been in groups exactly oh. the interview was at 12pm I think yeah as I said I must have finished by quarter past and then I had to wait till 5 and I was just staring at the phone staring at the phone didn't even get to go around and go and see San Fran I know no. so the so I I literally was looking at the phone for ages <laughs> 5 o'clock came <gasps> I didn't get a call Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. So about quarter past five, then my phone starts ringing and it's an international number. Oh. Obviously, you're going to say it was like Pizza Hut or someone. No. Yeah. So remember, this is quarter five, it's quarter past five p.m. Yeah. California time. Yeah. So obviously, no one in London is really going to call me yeah. that time of night because mm. it'd be early hours in the UK. Mm. So I picked up the phone, and on the other side of the phone was the founder of Y Combinator, <laughs> a fantastic, um, uh, well-renowned guy in the tech scene called Paul Graham, mm. and he um, was like, "Is this Louise?" I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And her team. 
<laughs> yes. And then he said, well, congratulations. Mm. We'd like to fund you. What? <gasps> oh, it's fantastic. And so with that. Did you not say what took you? Well, so he got to that. So he said, we sent you an email. But remember, I told myself I'm not checking my emails because uh, I didn't want it because I knew that I didn't need to check my emails. Right. Yeah. Because I was going to get in. Yeah. So I would just stare at the phone I and see. not at my emails. Right. So what happened is they had emailed me apparently to say, we only have a UK number for you. Do you have a US number? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Really? I, know. I was like, really? Guys. More of the story. Check your emails, <laughs> people. What? I know. I was like... And also provide numbers. I know. And I was like, okay, I didn't realise I needed a US number. Wow. I've just got here. <laughs> I'm from the UK. <laughs> I haven't got a, a US SIM. Um, but yeah, for, so they eventually, when they hadn't heard back from the email, they thought, all right, let's just call her UK That's and see so if that goes through. Cool. So that was absolutely fantastic. And through through that, um, I was given 120,000 US dollars as a seed fund from Y Combinator. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got to spend three months at the Y Combinator headquarters over in Silicon, Va- Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm the same town where Google campus is. Mm-hmm. And as part of the program, I received sort of um, one-on-one sort of advice through some of the most amazing partners. And I also want to clarify one great thing about Y Combinator, mm-hmm. that these were not just teachers in the tech world. Mm. These were people that had, you know, walked it, had been there, done that, Got actually grown yeah. successful companies. Mm. For example, the founder of Gmail mm. was one of the partners. Mm. The founders of Twitch, Twitch, which is one of the big sort of gaming sites. Mm, yeah. At the time, I had no idea what it was. <laughs> but, you know, for those of you who, who, who you're not sure, it's the ESPN for gaming. Yeah. They were acquired by Amazon for nearly a billion dollars. Uh-huh. Started by three or four guys who are, were literally in their 20s when they started this. Yeah. Um, so it was absolutely phenomenal to actually be amongst, like, you know, as I said before, like th- what I wanted to get out of Silicon Valley, like I absolutely got, like I wanted to be around that energy. I wanted yeah. to be around, you know, people that had dared to dream mm. and had actually been so successful. And soak it all up. Exactly, and yeah. soak it all up. And get up. to chill out with them. Because Y Combinator as well, it's not, it's not business school, so it's not about lectures and about no. workshops. It's actually about dinners with these people, lunch with these people, soaking up the atmosphere and getting like personalised, not just advice, but just hearing. So it's like classes, but not with a syllabus. I'm saying this like I was there, but yeah. <laughs> no, well, you're spot on. You're spot on, <laughs> as always. Always on the money. Um, yeah, so you're absolutely right. It was not, there was not a, sil- a syllabus as such. Mm. The only sort of structure would, as, as I said, you would have one-on-ones with your partners, um, the, the the partners there, which is yep. called office hours. Mm-hmm. You'd also have group office hours, mm. and that would be every two weeks. You did have some really tough metrics, but they were very good in keeping you in line. So the key metric that they looked at was they want you to grow a key, uh, like a revenue or your users in my case it was revenue Mm. i had to grow revenue by at least five to ten percent every single week oh gosh yes oh so i had to and then they kick you out if if that doesn't happen or what happens if that doesn't happen i guess there's no if that doesn't happen right 
Yeah, there's no ifs or buts. If you yeah. got into Y Combinator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would happen if you weren't doing that? It will make you kind of like just reassess what is a strategy. Like, why is it not working? Do you need to pivot? Okay. Do you need to change something fundamentally right. in the business? And so that was really great because it just made sure that as entrepreneurs, you're constantly questioning. Yeah. It, it was as if you were, you know, constantly giving yourself little mini experiments. Yeah. Okay, you know, if I, this week, if I focus on Facebook ads, like, you know, what's the ROI on that? Mm. You know, okay, why didn't it quite work? Is mm. Instagram a better platform for mm. me? Or is Google AdWords better? You know, and it will help you quickly yeah. get to building that machine that's going to help you, you know, essentially take off this rocket ship, you know, essentially mm. all the fuel that you need to kind of make this go from zero to a billion. Mm. Um, it'll help you quickly understand that. And that was a great thing I got out of Y Combinator. And so that was that was three instrumental months. Yes. For you. You were the first yes. black yes. female from anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. To before, be accepted into work. I know, right? So as I said, before I even applied, I already knew that I was, you know, sort of uh, going outside of the norms because I was a solo, not mm. non-technical founder. So mm. there hasn't been that many solo non-technical founders. Okay. Um, and when I went on to the program, I realized that I was the first black female founder ever. ever. In how many years of the program? Um, I believe the program started uh, 2005. Oh so this was like, you know, nine years into the program. They hadn't actually had a, a black female founder, um, you know, even from America. So, yeah, I'm black female, but I'm also from the UK mm. as well. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> How Definitely. did I feel? I always feel conflicted asking questions like this because people always like, how did it feel, Amory, being this, that, the other? And I'm like, yeah, well, I never wasn't that. So I don't know what the alternative is. But did you, did it feel different? Did you feel like your experience was different? Did you ever feel like other? No, no, not at all. I think, you know, the, the interesting thing about, I don't know, essentially, you mm. know, I've always been an another, an yeah, another, right. essentially, yeah. you know, like, you know, if 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 it's not, if it's not a case where I'm the only one, I'm the only one of, of a few, right? Mm. And so you get to a point where you don't really think about it. You just kind of, you're there to do a job and you just want to excel, essentially. Um, I The only time I, I, I think about it, and I guess I talk about it as well, I do talk about it because I, I want other people to be inspired by yeah. that and know that, you know, you can do anything you want, regardless mm. of your background or your race or the fact that you're British. Absolutely, mm. of course. Or the fact that you're a solo non-technical founder. Exactly. Rules are meant to be broken. Amen. You know, exactly. If you're going to be the first, you've got to kind of, you know, you've got to break some rules and smash through those glass ceilings, as they say, right? So absolutely. And I, and I, and I appreciate that, you know, for some people, they, they, they only feel as if they can enter a certain arena or get started if they see people that look like them. Yeah. For one, I would say that shouldn't stop you. Yeah. Like, definitely go ahead and be the first. Mm. And, you know, if I'm going to be that inspiration for someone to go ahead and apply to Y Combinator, that's mm. absolutely brilliant. Um, I was inspired by the fact, as I said, that I saw young people mm. applying mm. and first time entrepreneurs. Mm. So for me, I identified with that mm. and thought, well, this is a place for me then. It is something that I find so funny, that whole sense of identity. Mm. So I think there are so many adjectives you can use to describe anybody. But if you ask them to put those adjectives in order of how they describe themselves, you can have two people that have the same list of adjectives that would put it in a completely different order. Absolutely. So identity is always a weird one. So it's the same. It was, it's similar for me where 
growing up, people always say, you know, who are your role models? And given that I run Stemets now, there's an assumption that growing up, you know, I looked up to Mae Jameson, who's the first black woman in space, or I looked up to, I don't know, you know, insert, you know, the ladies in Hidden Figures, for example. Um, and it's really funny because I always say Tim Berners-Lee. <laughs> because <laughs> he's like a British physicist yeah. who did this thing that changed the world and I'm always like I'm British and I don't quite like physics but I'm like maths-y and tech-y so I could do something similar and that was always what I looked up to um so identity wise I do have to say this just because I'm British Nigerian and you're British Ghanaian yes um Ajloff's best, right? Oh, clearly <laughs> not. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I just let the listeners out there decide: long grain or basmati rice. Like, which one's better? Do you, uh, the only, I think, the only thing we can agree on in this regards is that Jack Rice maybe is cancelled still. Yes, Jack Rice yeah. is cancelled. Sorry, Jamie, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening, Jamie Oliver. Coming from that background, what makes you most proud of your journey so far? So, coming from my background. Um, well, essentially, yes, I'm I'm British Guyanian. So, as you said earlier, there's a lot of things I identify with. I identify mm. with being uh, a black female in the UK, being mm. being Guyanian, mm. being born to Guyanian parents, um, but also, you know, growing up in a relatively working class area. Mm. Um, and you know, from a very young age, I I loved my childhood. I loved the area I grew up in. I thought it was fantastic. I always wanted more for myself and for my family and I was always ambitious and as I said before you know I've always been fearless and so I'm really proud of the fact that I've been able to build this business essentially which represents my community because Mm. it is it is about the urban scene urban which I grew up around Mm. um it's a culture that that I identify with absolutely love and I'm just I'm really proud that it's it's taken someone from that scene to be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? Because because yeah. often that doesn't happen. Yeah. And so, uh, and 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 the, and the fact that I've been able to grow essentially now a, a global business. We do have now a presence in the US as well. So you know, I'm proud of the fact that you know I'm a local girl done good. You yeah. know, and I'm you know waving that flag for all, all the other sort of uh, people from a working class background and Ghanaians, you know, and Black British um, and females and, and anybody else who needs to be inspired as well. And I just think, like as I've always said, I, I've, I've never allowed. I embrace every every part of my identity because right. I'm proud of who I am, mm-hmm. and I've never let any aspect of that limit uh, my ambition. Mm. And neither should anybody else. Mm. What drives you then, in all in amongst all of that? Like why? Why do you do it? And why do you think you've done so well at it? I think, you know, what drives me is I, I constantly just strive to be the best version of myself. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I believe in my abilities. You know, I, when, when I have an idea, you know, when I see a problem, you know, I set out to resolve it and I set out to, to give my best, you know, excellence has always been really important to me. And so, you know, I, I, whatever I do, I, I, I always make sure that I do it really well. And, you know, hopefully if there's any old, you know, bosses who are listening to this (laughs) today, they hopefully will be able to say the same thing. I mean, I've done so many different jobs. As I said, I grew up in a working class area. I, when I was at university, I worked in a factory. When I worked in a factory. What kind of factory? So it was an Enfield. I worked in a yogurt factory. So yeah, we were stacking yogurts for the major supermarkets. Yeah, well, yeah, 
yeah and um that sounds like so much fun yeah it was not oh, fun it, no, it didn't yeah. smell it didn't smell very nice <laughs> at all but you know it was really funny because i always remember like so i was only there for like three months just in the summer holidays and um at the end of my time there like the manager was like we want you to stay and be as like a manager here <laughs> i was like no um th- no in the I, nicest way you know, possible, in the nicest way possible. Yeah. but i guess what i'm saying the nicest way possible <laughs> is that whatever I do I do it with excellence like yeah. I, I knew that I wasn't going to be here yeah. forever which is fine you know I knew I was going to go back to university which is for summer holidays mm. but whatever I do I do with excellence and I think that's really important as well um it's you know you're not just excellent when you're doing your ideal job you know mm. so again for any listeners who are maybe sat in a job they don't really like and want to start a business want to do something else mm. I still think it's important to be excellent where you are right now mm-hmm. um and to soak up all the experience and skills mm. because I, I honestly even that even the experience I had at the factory was still phenomenal and you know I think back to every single job I've had and I'm so grateful for all those experiences and every single one of those jobs I, I've, I've held has helped me to become the leader and the entrepreneur that I am now yeah it's all it's all built built you up Absolutely. So mm. nothing, you can't see any experiences like, oh, that's not important. Yeah. Um, because there are so many different hats you have to wear as a CEO. What are you aiming for? What's the big goal? What's ten, what does 10 years plus for Louise look like? So the last few years have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so as I mentioned, I did Y Combinator, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Last year, I also went through another accelerator. I went through Morgan Stanley Investment okay. Banks. So again, full circle, back, back in to the, the bankers. Back yeah. to the bankers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, you know, I had to pitch to 30 bankers, including the COO of the whole of Morgan Stanley Global. Okay. My experience in working for UBS Investment Bank definitely prepared me for that. Mm -hmm. So again, connecting the dots. Phenomenal experience. They also invested in the company. They gave me an office in New York as well. In the Morgan Stanley office? In the Morgan Stanley office. It's in Times Square. Oh my goodness. Yes. In the heart of entertainment land, which is phenomenal. They gave me like free space to like put billboards up in Times Square. I think I saw that on your Insta. It was absolutely phenomenal. So... That was just last year. Mm. And, you know, doing that experience has really, again, made me realise, you know, we've we've come a long way from 2014 from when I realised, hey, I should quit my job and do this full time. This mm-hmm. could be big. Mm. And getting the experience I've done in Y Combinator to now, I truly believe that there's a global opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, getting investment from Morgan Stanley, the headquarters in New York, has really opened my eyes and really essentially experienced expanded my ambition for the company Mm. i believe that shubs could be in cities as far afield in the middle east in africa Mm. in asia Mm. across north america as well you know we're just really getting started relatively speaking we have a small team we haven't had that much capital in the company how big is the team so the team now is seven people okay so it's still how many of those seven are you Yeah. No, this is this is a real, real seven real people. Seven. A real this, another this seven is, people know, outside in the room. I know, I know. I no longer count for three people. I mean, I kind of do three people's jobs at times. Yeah, you always will. As CEO, you exactly. Always do so many exactly. Things. Okay, but right. no, they, sorry, they seven real human beings. Seven real human. Seven beings. separate salaries to pay. Absolutely, yeah. that's the key. That's yeah. the key. Here and in New York, or all in London. Um, all in London. Okay. Yes. Um, we do also have a team who are uh, based in uh, across Europe as well. So, oh, okay. yeah. And we're just about to start hiring in New York. So, oh, I had... Oh. 
Yes, I know. Exciting. And um, yeah, so in terms of where I want to take this company, I mean, I see it's a global opportunity. Mm. Um, Urban as Mm. a whole now accounts for about 35% of all music consumption. It is now the number one genre in the world. Now we have artists such as Stormzy Mm. that is going to headline Glastonbury. Mm. You know, somewhat controversial to some people, but that is phenomenal. The fact that you have a UK urban act Mm. that is going to headline the biggest festival in the country, Mm. again, just shows you how the landscape is changing Mm. and Shubs is moving with that. So not only do we want to continue our success in the US, uh, sorry, in in New York, in London, but we want to take this globally because this is where urban's going. We're going to follow this. You know, you can now hear the likes of Wizkid and DeVito in Dubai and we want to be there as well. Mm. And so this is just the beginning and I'm sure if you listen to this recording next year, you'll be like, oh, (laughs) she said she was going global and she's global now. (laughs) She did it, just like moving to San Francisco. But you didn't, you're not in San Francisco anymore. So New York is going to be your base instead of San Fran. Absolutely. In terms of nightlife, New York is much more thriving than San Francisco. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco is fantastic for tech. Yeah. But nightlife, you know, it's it's all all about New York, Atlanta. LA, Chicago, Miami. Chi-Town. Shout out to all of you guys that are listening there because I know you are. Yeah. (laughs) Speak it and it will happen. Surely you get the VIP tickets to everything because you're CEO. Of course. Yeah, yeah. What's the the coolest backstage you've, you've been to? Oh, um... Oh, I have I have I've done some really cool ones. Um, have you met Drake? I have not met Drake yet. I would love to. I'm trying to think about people that are. So I've met a lot of the kind of old school R and B guys as well. So like Drew Hill. Okay. Do you remember Drew Hill? Yeah. So again, I was fangirling because I loved <laughs> Drew Hill. So for me, it was like phenomenal. I was like, oh my what? gosh. But um, yes, no, I've seen some really phenomenal people. So it's it's been amazing to be obviously amongst the crowd, also go backstage as well. Um, but yeah, no, I've been to some phenomenal events. It's been really great. But Drake is definitely on my um, on my wish you list. Bumped, you probably have bumped into him. You just didn't you know realize what? it was him. Let's, I'm going to will it into existence yeah. today. So yeah. Drake, this if you're year. listening, like I, we need to meet this year. Oh, yeah. Again, if you're listening next year, you'll probably <laughs> see me in the Evening Standard with Drake. <laughs> Thank you very much, Louise. That oh, thank so you. Fun. This is so much fun. It's so cool. And Y Combinator is amazing. And the Hustle, Hustle crew. Yeah, Hustle, Hustle, hustle real hard. hard. Yes. You can find Louise on Twitter at Louise Brony. And Shubs is on Instagram and Twitter at Shubs Online. S-H-O-O-B-S Online. All that's left for you to do is subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It would also really help us if you rate and review it too. For the latest news, sports, entertainment and more audio content, visit standard.co.uk. We're Evening Standard on Twitter and on Insta it's evening.standard. I and Marie live on Twitter at AMAPHIDON. Good luck spelling that. And on Instagram at notyouraverageAMI, which is a little bit easier to spell. Get in touch, have a chat. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ask questions using the hashtag #WomenTechCharge. 